0: Hi there, and welcome to this episode of Nocturnal Transmission with Ryan Kerr. In this episode, HIV is greater than COVID. We're going to talk about the comparison between HIV and COVID from a personal as well as a professional standpoint, because my interviewee is Maluba Havanyama, a wonderful, smart, beautiful, strong person that has been living with HIV since she was born. And now works in the field herself and sometimes works with me too. So buckle up. It's a wonderful journey as I talk to Maluba on Valentine's Day about how HIV is greater than COVID. Eee. great happy valentine's day happy valentine's day boo i'm
1: Uh, so glad to
0: be here oh i'm glad to have you you're one of my favorite people and i do say that publicly and not as much privately so i'll try to say it more privately as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) um
0: you're wearing red i've got like my little my signature bow tie but uh yeah you're dressed for the day
1: we're kind of matching
0: um how have you been you've been so you live alone And like me, and it's a Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day, so it's Singles Awareness Day.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, I live alone and I live in a basement apartment. Both so I also don't have like those huge windows. Um, so I've been okay. I think when COVID first hit in March, I was like, oh, this is sweet. I get to work from home, schedule my own hours, like stay like I was an introvert. I was like, I don't even like people. But I thought it would be <laughs> over by September 2020. So when September came, <laughs> we're still, I was like, hold on, what's going on? And now with the second wave and this uh, quarantine lockdown, Like it's it's getting a little little lonely, but I tried to stay in communication with people like we are now.
0: Yeah, I definitely had a different attitude. I was like, this lockdown is going to be horrible. It's going to be the worst. (laughs) Then there was like a part in the middle when I was like, it's not so bad. But now we're back in the it's the worst for me. So that's nice.
1: Yeah. At least yeah, because you're more of an extrovert than me.
0: I am, and it took me a long time to realize that. (laughs) Really? I (laughs) wasn't. (laughs) people who know me are like uh
1: (laughs) but it really was
0: hard for me because I was like no you don't need you don't need anybody you don't need people you don't need stuff you just have them and that's great but and then I was like if I don't see a person for I don't know a period of time I you know when you get hangry and you want to like you want to attack and murder people or yourself I get like uh isolation hangry where if I don't actually interact I would I would go jogging and if I made eye contact with somebody while I was jogging I would be like oh that's bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It is that bad. And now it's cold outside and all that. So I'm like I just wish I don't even drink, but I'm like I want to go to a bar with my friends. <laughs> just just for the experience. I'm like there's so much I missed out on.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I definitely have a very 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 full liquor cabinet and um I don't recommend it. Really. <laughs> It doesn't it doesn't yeah, doesn't always uh, do have what we a, want it to do. Yeah,
1: I have a cabinet with substances too. marijuana, why not? That the, I enjoy. Well, you know we have our, just, we have
0: our favorites, don't we?
1: Yes, exactly. It's legal.
0: It is. It is. It is. Welcome. Yeah, Welcome to all just
1: that. Um.
0: So I wanted to invite you to my podcast. Uh, from the moment that um, I had the opportunity to have a podcast and so of course my first version of this of Nocturnal Transmission was the Instagram live and you were one of the most popular guests of that show you came on on a live version people went crazy for our conversation Mm -hmm. and uh, and then you started your own podcast called The Maluba Show Yes. How is that going? The
1: Maluba show. It is going so great. And I do have to say, I'm so proud of you with their Instagram live. You started it right when lockdown started. And I would see Ryan Kerr's live. And I'm like, oh, Ryan must be bored. He must be alone. I'm like, let me see what he's doing. But you really interacted with people and really garnered an audience. And I'm so proud of you that you stayed committed to that. And that you've extended it into a podcast. And yeah, I started the podcast, i think it around May. Um, I've been talking about a podcast for years, but really I was like, why well, need like, Spotify or somebody to sponsor me and give me a podcast? And I think just in you know the quarantine, I was like, oh, make your own show. Yeah. And so I made my own show, named it after me, The Maluba Show. Well... and uh, yeah it's it's unique (laughs) yes (laughs) and uh, we interview different people about different topics but it's also a relatable show um and we took a little hiatus that was first planned and then afterwards not planned and just kind of had to be a hiatus but I'm excited that I will be coming back yeah well
0: (laughs) when you're not paid to do something (laughs) yeah then if you need to take a little hiatus so be it so exactly, and especially
1: when you have to, um, when you're doing everything by yourself. Yes. <laughs> like, even if yes. I could just record, because that's my skill interviewing. Yes. Um, and then when I have to edit, I'm like, oof.
0: So the yes. Maluba show is pretty great. I haven't been a guest on it, so it's not excellent yet. Not yet. But I'm sure that could happen. But, but
1: season... Yeah, season yeah, two is my coming, agent. and we have some topics. I always and, think the uh... second
0: season is best. <laughs> Pardon? I always think the second season is best. You're on my it first season. It is best
1: because the first season is like low budget, right? <laughs> the company never gives you enough money. It's like the pilot. They don't think yet. So, second season's like you get bougie with it for sure.
0: Well, you're on the so first season bougie. of my show. So, whoops.
1: Well, and this is a trial run. This is like, this is the most exciting part because then you just kind of get to do what you do, and uh, then you get an audience for it, and then you're inspired to do more.
0: I love this. And I also, you know, the thing that I really like about you is that you always say yes to me. (laughs) So I have a feeling that you'll be in the second season too. Um, so, okay. So so a lot of people that I've been tuning into this trans, this version of nocturnal transmission were never on Instagram. And so they don't know how rad you are. So I'm going to start telling people how rad you are. And then you jump in and correct me or like embellish. Okay 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 great
1: I'm good at embellishing
0: okay great so Maluba uh came to Canada when she was very young with her family correct correct okay great um and had a lovely life childhood (laughs) great okay fine
1: Uh, so so I would say so so okay okay. but um okay I won't complain (laughs) It was an interesting childhood, let me
0: say. And then uh, partway through, you found out that you were HIV positive.
1: Yes, quite early on. So I actually found out I was positive, like around like four or five years old.
0: Oh, I thought it was later. Okay. so that No, no. So that might mm-hmm. have accounted for the so-so parts of the childhood?
1: Yes, yeah. And the all that goes into that, learning what HIV is and kind of that turbulence and then you know, of course, Googling what HIV is and seeing a whole different, you know, factor of what the doctors told you. So it was interesting. And it was, you know, um, my mom and my sister, we went to Canada because my dad was abusive, and so there was that whole factor, and it was just um yeah, it was interesting. And being an immigrant and watching my mom do all the tests and stuff was uh but now you're you're looking back and you're like, damn, everything kind of led to this moment, I guess.
0: Well, I can't imagine what that would be like, um, mm-hmm. but I can see from how you turned out that you you really did, you really have taken kind of this life experience that you have and really turned it on yes. its ear. And I think, I mean, it's, it's amazing that you uh, are gorgeous and supporting yourself in your basement apartment. That's like a tick box, mm-hmm. but there's so many things that you have done. And I think specifically around HIV, which I find the most inspirational part, is that when you decided that you wanted to come out of the closet, as I call it, because I'm also gay, so coming out of the closet, I relate yes. to the HIV disclosure. <laughs> when when you decided you were, you know, hiding, when you revealed your status, you did it in a very public way.
1: Yes. Growing up with HIV, you know, I knew from the year that I was five years old, I'd been going to appointments, getting blood work, taking medications for all those years. And I just thought, uh, you know, there's no way I could disclose to people one by one. You know, I hadn't told my best friends or anything like that. The wow. only people that really knew was my doctors and my sister, obviously, because we, we grew up together. And so I was ready to disclose my status. I was in journalism school. I felt like I had a voice. I felt like if I want to interview other people, I want to tell them my story too. But I was just like, I, again, I can't tell people one by one by one. It's going to get so exhausting. It's like ripping off a bandage a um, hundred times. So I made a YouTube video um, called Feel No Shame. Wow. And... I, you know, I, I, I put on this, the pink lipstick that I thought was cute. And this wig that I thought was cute. And I went into my bathroom because it had the best lighting in my studio apartment at the time. And <laughs> How old I posted, you? I was 20, 21, 21, 21. Okay. I was 21 and I posted and you know, of course, like the out, outpouring support. So, hold on, hold on,
0: hold on. So you're in your bathroom. I just want to go there. You, okay. Because you have you you've hidden the video now, right?
1: Um, I I changed my mind. It goes on and off. It, it goes on and public. off. Okay,
0: <laughs> so it may or may not be accessible to yes, people. Yes, I, I will
1: make it public so you can tell the listeners. Well,
0: you know it's it's pretty yeah. fantastic. But you're, you know you're you're in your bathroom and you just say hello world. My name is Maluba Habanyama and I'm HIV positive.
1: Yes. I think so. I don't even remember. I haven't watched that video probably since I was 21. I watched yeah. it more recently, something... but
0: not like yesterday. But that... Yes.
1: Yeah. But something, yeah. Along those things, you know, I said I'm a lot of things and I'm HIV positive and I was really convinced to like make it strong. But I also in the middle of it, I realized I was getting vulnerable and I cried a little bit and it was, um, It was this growth moment that I cannot Uh, explain. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I just did it and posted it. And um, I did, (laughs) before it was fully uploaded and published, I did tell my sister. I was just like, you might get a a, a little bit of questions. Don't be surprised. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it was just, but I remember I posted it and I like shut off my computer and everything and put on The Simpsons on TV. Yep. And was just like okay <clears throat> we're zoning out right now we're not gonna pay attention and my sister called me and was kind of telling me the comments it was getting on like the video and on facebook she was just like this person said this like she's like i just want you to know people are supporting you you know
0: oh that's fabulous and you put it on facebook on your own facebook as well
1: Yes, I put I put it on wow. Facebook either as a video or like I linked it. But um, yeah, it was amazing. And the only the reason why I private that video um is one. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I did cry. Like I feel I feel so protective of that twenty one year old because yes. she really didn't know. You know, if she would have any socialization after that, she didn't know about the HIV community in the Ontario. Wow. Um, but also people noticed right away i was in my bathroom <laughs> on my toilet i thought it wasn't noticeable i didn't really thought i could be able to tell them like yeah we can tell you're in your toilet like the <laughs> like, oh. and this the pink lipstick i was wearing ryan i don't know what i was thinking it is not for black people i'm sorry <laughs> it looks so bubbled on pink <laughs> I, I, and the wig the wig was shifted and it was like tangled so i just look back and i'm like oh you know when you look back at 21
0: uh, all the things that is hysterical that is hysterical and and uh absolutely the mind of a 21 year old that's like you know
1: but (laughs) (laughs) i look cute people won't notice
0: i mean first of all you do look cute and second of all The message is so, I mean, I'm sure people were so overwhelmed by it that those who really care about you were probably like, holy sugar. Yeah. And then the haters are always, they're always going to hate. I mean, I think about that, about five people a week watch this video version and the rest listen. And I'm just like, oh, what if they see that my shirt is wrinkly? And then, but I disabled comments. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes you need to do that for your health. I'm telling you. Yeah, sometimes you just need to back away. I mean, even with, um, I have to pace myself because I have become this advocate and very public about my status and kind of doing these, you know, events and, and uh, socialization about HIV because I want to break down the stigma. Yes. And I want to up, you know, that we can all end HIV together. But sometimes I will get DMs Okay. That are just evil. And sometimes i have got DMs with somebody who's like newly diagnosed and just outpouring. And I really have to make myself in that headspace where I can be, because I have to check in with myself as well. And I think all activists do. How do you take care of yourself?
0: Yes. And and, I mean, that was going to be a question, but I will get to it because I wanted to say Sort of the the next process, and thank you, thank you for retelling that story. I'm sure you've told that story 100 yes. million times, but uh, no, I just want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how did you end up? So now you work in HIV. So you went to journalism school. So you you yes. have, you are a journalist, yes. and you did some work. So you were also featured as a result of this video. You were featured on was it VH1 or Much Music? There was, I saw profiles of you all over the place about you being a rad lady. Yeah, I
1: can't even really remember. Oh, it was MTV. <laughs> MTV. I think it was MTV. MTV,
0: really, sorry, so that's what yes, yeah, I meant. Yeah,
1: I got to write for MTV, which was amazing, an amazing experience. Yeah, and that was early on, like after I disclosed, kind of like a, like six months later, and it was kind of like, How do you feel about disclosing and how I told the world? And um, really also from that video, like people found me and also were reminding me like, hey, there are organizations that can support you. You know, I was so used to my youth, my children's organization that kicked me out when I was 18. That I was like, okay, I'm alone now. I got to thug it out. That's it. And finding out that there's support organizations, but then also chances to advocate and people could hear in my voice that I wanted to tell people about this and really break down the stigma and help us eat, end HIV.
0: Now, HIV, we both know, is a, a virus and it doesn't discriminate, yes. but people yes. do a lot. When you, when you started looking to organizations, HIV organizations, to support you or to sort of find a community, um, I'm a gay man and I'm white and a lot of organizations cater to me uh, a lot of people living with HIV look like me, and uh, organizations have kind of come up from, you know, the bottom with a very, like, gay, sexy, you know, male standpoint.
1: Yeah.
0: What was it like for you to kind of look for your own community? Because there can be a lot of racism and stigma from even within those organizations. You know, when they look right. at look at a young woman who is black, um, they're like, um... <laughs> Not that HIV.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Not that HIV. I've had, I do have to say, so when I went to my children's organization and I turned 18, they gave me, like, I guess, a few pamphlets to places, okay. and I went into one organization in, you know, downtown Toronto, and I walked in kind of just to, like, register, like, get get intake, and I was seeing penises on the walls uh-huh. and all the pamphlets. I was like, oh, you're really out there. I was, like, still, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> and... Um, I think that, like you said, there's discrimination all across the board of people who think there's certain people that have HIV and then even within the sector, I think we both know that there can be that, uh, still that separation and still that segregation. So I was in situations where it didn't feel like I belonged Mm -hmm. um, because I was Black, anti-Blackness or because I was a woman um, and because I was somebody that was born with HIV, I think it was, you know, I went to a long-term survivors group and it kind of like, I almost got quizzed. Like, how are you a long-term survivor? What have you done? And it was like, and I think the person said, you know, I I lost all my friends to this virus and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, like I lost my parents. Like, I guess he was saying I didn't have that experience and I'm like, but this isn't a competition of like who's a better long-term survivor or how that works. And I, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting.
0: I mean five... interesting is one word for it. I mean it just sounds hideous. Yes. <laughs> it just sounds horrible. Yes.
1: Yeah. It it was horrible and there's there could be instances like that, but you find you find your people and I think there has been like some great organizations that are tailored to black people or to women. So I'm kind of like, okay, let me go in there. Even sometimes the organizations with women, I'll feel like, oh, those are my aunties and mothers that are just telling me what to do. And you're kind of equipped to find your home. And I, I have to say, there were a lot of youth that I found that also turned 18 and kind of were lost in transition or didn't feel like mm-hmm. they had a place. So it almost felt like we built a social group together. And then you just find your people, you know, like you said, me and you are very different. You're a gay white man. And I'm a, hello, and I'm a heterosexual black woman, but I think that we just drive so well, you know, so sometimes you just find your people and it clicks. And um, I think I've always had that belief. And if I don't click with somebody, it's not, um, it's not the end of the world. And it's not something that has to occupy my brain.
0: You know, it's, it's what I always hear when you speak is just this overwhelming amount of inner strength, because while it's true, everything that you're saying is absolutely true, and you can read about it in like affirmation books that you might read on the toilet. Um, It takes an (laughs) enormous amount of personal strength to be able to implement that kind of thing, especially when we're talking about something so close. You know, HIV is so, so, so stigmatized that, you know, to me, it's like, it's right up there with my sexuality when I think about being a very core part of... Not necessarily what defines me, but what defines me to other people. Right. So, you know, my gayness might not be the reason why I do certain things or enjoy certain things or whatever, but people may perceive me that way. And I feel like when right. we're talking about, um, you know, the way that you're casually talking about, you know, you go to some organization, they reject me. That's fine. There's somewhere else. Yeah. It's a lot harder than that, and I know it is. And I'm just so I'm just so impressed with how somebody so uh someone can navigate things as well as you have um and i just you know just more praise just throwing it at you
1: (laughs) thank you and i think especially in the moment it's definitely horrible i'm not like oh whatever brush it off um but there has been times unfortunately that i can say you know being a female got me into trouble or, mm. you know, I got discrimination for that. My blackness, you know, mm-hmm. is, is still a big problem and you never know when you walk into. And I had moments of, you know, especially, you know, 21 to now, I'm, I'm almost 28. Hopefully I can have a 28th birthday party in May, but COVID needs to calm down. Um, but... like just seeing that growth but there were times where I would tone down my blackness you know kind of have a a tone to it where it's like I mean bitch look at you right you are black and I would tone down this part of me and that part and I kind of became a martyr for the HIV community and kind of Mm -hmm. became like this is my this is my civil duty this is my story I just have to give my my life to this cause and a a friend told me when they visited me in the hospital one day like you can say no and you don't need to give an explanation just no 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 okay like it was just and that friend happened to be ryan and i think that's when something i'm working on but i've definitely gotten better in that you know sometimes you do have to watch if something serves you and try to live a fulfilling life yourself you know i have goals personally for me i want to have kids i want to you know have a talk show and uh it's important because another thing i've learned being an HIV activist you can kind of be the face for the cause but they will use you and use you and use you if you just let them you know
0: yeah that guy ryan sounds amazing uh, oh, he... He Subs so. really great. Uh, and and I will say, you know, do as I say, don't do as I do.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, because you tend to as well. Yeah, say I, I yes, say yes but... a lot, a
0: lot. Although, you know, I'm working on it. I think I think COVID has been really helpful because, uh, it, uh, you know, and and helpful in bunny ears because it it's taken away some of the extra energy. You know, like I feel like I have to work harder to get work done because I have to focus more um, because I'm I'm literally sitting in my kitchen working so I could be (laughs) eating instead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I'm finding that I don't have as much energy like I don't have as uh, you know, I don't have like I almost only wrote about 50 Christmas cards this year instead of my usual hundred. So you can just imagine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just been a real, <laughs> really down.
1: I think I read all over 15. <laughs> but That's still more than most I've that.
0: learned. No, but I, you yeah. know, joking aside, I think, I think that, uh, you know, having this COVID has forced me to really prioritize myself. And yes. and so that is helping me to say no. And because I, I actually don't feel like I, I have the reserves in the way that I used right. to. But while we're talking about our friend COVID, have you noticed uh, some similarities between the way we as as a society are treating people who are potentially getting COVID uh, or stigmatizing them and the way people stigmatize people living with HIV? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It
1: was so, um interesting i mean first when you know covid came around i think you know us in canada were kind of like oh it's not really gonna come here and all that and then um it's just seeing these similarities <laughs> and the differences whereas now we're starting to see people i think i saw like a few months ago a man got arrested for potentially passing on covid so i'm like oh now this is a whole criminalization thing it's mm-hmm. like you know people make the make the victim feel bad and punish them. Um, It is also interesting that it seems like we're taking charge on COVID. And then when you look back, you know, I wasn't born in the eighties, but looking back, it was like something that was ignored, um, because it was a gay disease. Um, or if you're like in Africa, it was a black disease. So it was yeah. like, it doesn't really matter. And for years and years, we're just letting people die. Um, young people, people that had so much more t- to give to life. And, um, And that's disappointing, and sometimes I do wonder um, when I'm seeing people, not that I'm saying, you know, treat COVID just the same as you treated HIV, but I'm like, it's so interesting that HIV is, like, contracted, or can be contracted by sex, breast milk, needles, and, like, COVID can just be like if someone coughs on you, and we seem to have more sympathy, but then when you go back, it was, you know, things that were rooted in racism and homophobia and yeah. things like that. So I think with COVID, of course, there were a lot of racism happening towards the Chinese. So there's definitely those similarities and those differences. And it's, it's interesting because working in the sector, as you do too, we're now kind of we're dealing with two pandemics or two things we're trying to end i know i know we we had a goal of you know ending hiv by 2025 and all that and it's like we're gonna match with covid so it's very interesting yeah well and
0: and just to build on what you were saying too about the the undesirables it is it does seem like the the same people are undesirable and i would add poor people to that list right yes absolutely um, and I think what's what we're seeing certainly in Ontario is that the the number of cases are highest um, are highest amongst people that are, uh, in the sort of working poor level because they can't take yes. a day off work, and right. a lot of those workers are racialized, so we're seeing exactly. like we're seeing a s very similar trend. Homeless people are five times more likely to have COVID, and that, that accounts for a lot of people who use drugs. And then we have uh, when we have people who are immigrants from other countries who are trying to you know get a, a you know their foot in the Canadian door, and they are yeah. at risk because they can't. You know, a, a friend of mine, uh, he got COVID, and he went home. He probably got covid from his roommate because he has five roommates in his tiny apartment oh, wow. and there's uh-huh. no there's there's no room for him to isolate or his roommates to isolate so three out of five right. of his uh, of, of his housemates got covid and then Aww. as soon as they could get back to work they had to like as soon as they were allowed because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford to not work they didn't have any protections or sick days and those are the people that are really suffering. Whereas you and I, you know, I mean, I have bigger windows yeah. than you have, but, <laughs> we both, but we both have our own places.
1: <laughs> yes. So we can. We both have our own places and have you know jobs where we do have sick time or yes, vacation time, yes, kind of wonderful. that time to take off, and uh, that shows. The amount and it's so it shows the amount of privilege that we have but it's also like why should this be a privilege this yes. should be like a right for everybody you know yes. um then that's something I can sing for the days on but it, you're right it's 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 showing that it's more affecting people that are dis- disproportionately mm-hmm. um you know treated so it's it's embarrassing it's a disappointment and I think that's what goes with you know wearing the masks or doing the isolations sometimes it's not just for you who has your own apartment and Mm -hmm. is doing that it is for the greater good of all of us
0: yeah i i i have a hard time when people don't want to wear masks because Mm uh i mean i i don't wear a mask most of the time because i'm at home in my apartment but i don't have a problem wearing a mask you know entering a business or because i think about other people before myself and i wonder Mm -hmm. if you know, I wonder if one of the negative, one of the many sort of harsh uh, consequences of COVID is this rise of individualism because we're not interacting with people as much. So then all of a sudden yes. our needs, you know, there's a fine line between prioritizing yourself and making yourself better, you know, than everybody. And I wonder yeah. if we're, I hope that we're not in that realm where suddenly our own personal health and safety expands to be most screw everyone else
1: (laughs) yes exactly the most important i hope not either but there's definitely traces of that
0: um so in terms of like uh moving forward what do you think is going to be what do you think is one of the ways that hiv work um is going to have to move in order to tackle both covid and hiv
1: Oh, that's a loaded question.
0: Thank you. We
1: need to get in. <laughs> we need to get in the policy makers, everyone, get them at a round table. I think, you know, part of me is flabbergasted by it all still. Um, and a part of me, you know, does have this plan that, you know, the medical officer of health would have to pr- approve. But I would say... I think we're going to be wearing masks for about three years now. So I would say people give it up on um, trying to protest the masks. There is much more that uh, <laughs> there could be pro- uh, protested about. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to gradually, uh, you know, get into the world. I mean, clubs aren't going to be open anytime soon. So mm-hmm. I should give that up. You should give that up mm-hmm. right now, right now. But we need to get access to the vaccines for those who want it. Hopefully a lot of you. Um, and for those uh, and testing, get access to COVID testing, um, make sure people can get access to supplies. You know, it was so interesting when back in March they're talking about PPE and everybody shouldn't be wearing a mask. And I was kind of like, okay, they're going, our volunteers going on the street, you know, giving homeless people masks. Like, what are going on? Is there gonna be a place for them to go? Um, so we need to make sure, like, even those individuals, like when they kind of said masks, they just assumed all of us to have money and buy masks. Yeah, just to go out and, and buy like, just
0: like an endless supply. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Right, exactly. So I think things like that will really have to help each other as a community. Yeah. And then, and there's going to be a lot of COVID research coming, I, I bet. Yeah. And then with HIV, That seems a little, you know, I think COVID, I'm like, oh, just do this and this, and it might not even work. But with HIV, it's such a long game, because Mm. this has been something, you know, from the 80s, and as a pandemic. I think, again, access to testing, which there was like a slew of access to testing, like just going to a pharmacy and walk-in testing. But because of COVID, that has slowed down, or is more like, okay, by appointment only. So that's been not accessible. Well and same um, with
0: same uh, with testing centers and like yeah. uh like HIV programming has all been uh shifted to online.
1: Yes, yeah. And that's um I will say like I'm part of a group and uh we have to do like the, the programs over Zoom. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I've been working all day on Zoom. <laughs> on, Zoom. On, on on meetings. I just think I can't do it right now. I'm not gonna have the energy. Yes. Uh, But I think, uh, so yeah, so like the access to testing. And again, Ontario is a place that, you know, our, our, BC has a universal healthcare coverage and Ontario does not. So making sure there's to medications you know it's very complicated Yeah. um and making sure and with access to medications for treatment access to medications for prevention you know people do wonder how you pay for prep and there's programs to do that but really um getting that access out there we need to really do um our prevention work and then make sure that people living with hiv are treated because as we know ryan and i plan to live a long time and still be podcasting to you guys when we're 90
0: and we'll just take turns. So you don't have to listen to both podcasts. We'll just take turns having each other as guests.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yes.
0: Same. same My viewers time and your viewers time. We we don't have to.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And we'll be, we'll be a little bit older and kind of like already retired. So we'll want to have some time for ourselves so we can go like, I'll do bi-weekly and we'll do the other bi-weekly. We'll we'll cover it for sure. We have a plan. And, uh, I think we have to, yeah, make sure people with HIV are treated and we have that treatment so they can live life and um, live a long life. and my main thing is I always I love the idea of research. I love research. I've been involved, you know, with HIV research in some cases. And I just love the idea of research. I've done that a lot in journalism. So Mm -hmm. you have to research your subject. But I do tell researchers specifically HIV researchers or health researchers, don't let this be something that, that sits on the shelf right or don't let this be something that you just present at a conference and it never gets implemented this needs to go to organizations this needs to get implemented to actually help the people because then you'll do this whole research and give people a $20 honorarium and all that and it doesn't really benefit um, anybody's life except for the researcher which I'm like go ahead I want you to get your certificate I want you to do well but you know (laughs) you're you're gonna feel better once it gets implemented get your name (laughs) on that lanyard (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, do your thing.
0: I, I think, you know, everything that you said obviously it resonates uh with me and we uh, we now work in the same for the same organization, which is amazing. Yes. Although we haven't really yes. shared the same space for almost a year now, thanks to COVID. I know. Isn't that crazy? Listeners
1: need to know Ryan was like right behind me. Like we had yeah. our, our, our coworker in the middle and then Ryan was right there and it was it was a ball.
0: i i liked printing things where i photoshopped your head onto different objects
1: yes you put my head onto a bird
0: i did and
1: i think you put me in a nightclub or something well that might have been my boss
0: i not it's hard um, to say i definitely i took a poster that you were in for an ad campaign and i switched it so that you were in the center
1: oh yes yeah, you which meant
0: putting it. you on a, a shorter very hairy man's body
1: Yes, was yeah, Ryan? that was—I think—carrying a knife or something. It was yep. yeah, really hilarious. Yeah, Ryan would do great things like that with our work time, but it was—it was so great. We we had a, a, such a blast. We got to—you know—sometimes we'd go to lunch together and mm-hmm. all that. And now it's uh, it's very different. Which, like I said, when the pandemic first happened, I was like, "I'll see you when I see you." Yeah, yeah this is well, only gonna last six months. But I can't now imagine. I'm you. Like,
0: oh. I know, I can't imagine you missing me, like tapping you on the shoulder and saying, here's your face today.
1: Here's your face today, this is it.
0: So, uh, you know, it is Valentine's today, although the episode isn't going to go up for a couple of days. So uh, everybody, you are watching something from the past. Ooh. (laughs) And listening. Ooh. Uh, What are you most looking forward to in 2021?
1: Oh, wow. in 2021 there just seems to be so much possibilities um so much optimism um i don't feel like you know i i feel like The whole thing we're going through COVID, like you explained, we're kind of all going through this together and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. So I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I can't wait for all this to end. Whether or not it ends, I'm still going to do my thing, you know? So I have so much stuff planned. My podcast is coming back. I want to write some articles. I'm turning 28 this year, which is exciting. I love growing older. I think, you know, every year is a blessing. Um, You know, I'm excited to communicate with family, but I think... What I'm most looking forward to is just like being fulfilled and being happy. I don't have anything planned. It's not like I can tell you there's a big trip. Yeah, there's no big trip
0: on the horizon. Yes,
1: there's no big trip, but I am just excited for what's to come.
0: Uh, that's a really great answer. I mean, you have family, your sister lives nearby, right? You had like, have have you been able to see your family? Like, you're, you've been um, able to see your sister and your nephew?
1: Yes, but I feel like the last time was uh, December.
0: So, so a little while ago,
1: yeah. It has been a while, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So every, yeah, uh, we're all kind of, everybody's going through it, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, we're all making sacrifices in different ways, and it just
0: is what it is. Well, um, I hope that the Maluba show, uh, which I'm sure is getting, I mean, you have a lot of international guests on your show, which is really cool. I
1: do, and look out for season two because we have more international guests. Ooh. And we might have a little Ryan Seeker. I love your Instagram handle, by the way. Thank have you. Have you changed it? you. Like, That's smart. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks. Um, But I want to ask you, what are you looking forward to in 2021?
0: Ah, the journalist Maluba comes out. I, um, <laughs> you know, I think you're the first person to ask me that this year.
1: Ooh. <laughs> oh, well, I had to throw back at
0: you. I know, I'm feeling a bit emotional. <laughs> I, you know, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to being stronger. I think that the, I think that there were a lot of tool, a lot of experiences from this past year that have made... I'd like to think of it as adding tools to my toolbox yes. and um, you know, the second and the, like the one and a half lockdown and the second lockdown and I'm sure our next mm-hmm. lockdown, you know, there's yeah. going to be, everyone feels different and I think they feel different because mm-hmm. of the, you know, I'm starting to trust myself a little bit more that I can, there are certain things that I really can handle and things that I didn't think that I'd be able to handle on my own, for example. So I think I'm I'm looking forward to this new potentially stronger, smarter me, um, making uh, making headway in certain things in my life. I'm very excited about this podcast because I feel like I'm I'm learning so much more about people and also getting a chance to share, you know, a message which I think is largely yes. positive. With people, um, and I think the world needs that. And um, I'd like to make more money.
1: <laughs> oh yes,
0: <laughs> I, yes. I keep I look having dreams to that. of okay. that.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: I don't know if it's a sign or not, but I did pass a sign that said twenty-five million dollars in the lottery. The,
1: like, the lifestyle that I have or that I dream of for myself yes. doesn't see myself in a one-bedroom apartment doesn't seem like i i'm meant to be rich you know so i just feel like it's gonna come
0: you know i see that for you i do see that for you thank you yeah and i um i just hope that i can like visit you know oh absolutely you know like the Maybe, maybe at that point, there'll be like a body scanner or something. And so I'll, you know, and so I'll walk through and I'll be like, look, I'm COVID free. And then I can swim in your pool or use your sauna. Oh,
1: yes. I have to get a sauna. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. For, and I. I kind of taught myself how to swim last year oh. um, during the COVID thing. Um, I couldn't swim for, you know, 27 years. Um, so I was uh, teaching myself, and I kind of know how to swim. Like, I know how to get places, but I don't know how to tread water. So if I just stay in a spot, I'm gone.
0: You know what? That sounds like a bit of a life mantra. I know how to get places, but I don't know how to tread water.
1: <gasps> oh! Yes. And that actually does explain me. I know I'm go, go, go. But sometimes when I'm just told to stop, I'm like, what? then what's the use of me? I'm with you there.
0: Yet another thing we have in common. Uh, Maluba, I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: I um I'm just going to expect you to be on the next season of this show, whenever that is. Absolutely. And, um, and I mean, I guess my invite to be on your show is in the mail. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it
1: is expecting you soon. You know, Canada post is kind of running, you know, a They're little delays with There's, that. Oh, but, so much um, volume. Yes. And I'm so proud of you again.
0: Thank you. I'm very proud of you too. I can't believe I've known you now for a couple of years um and i and we've had many opportunities to share employment and volunteering and activism and uh, this is yet another way that we can work together and i adore it so and i adore you so lots of love have a fabulous day
1: lots of love listeners you can follow me on twitter and instagram it's maluba and subscribe to my podcast the maluba show we're coming back soon and we might have a special guest named ryan seeker
0: and i'm gonna put i'm gonna put your links in the the uh description as well
1: thank you bye maluba bye ryan thank you again
0: Thank you so much for listening. As mentioned in this episode, Maluba has an incredible podcast called The Maluba Show, which is found wherever podcasts are found. And she said she'd make her YouTube video live. So you never know. I'm sure you could find it by Googling Maluba, M-U-L-U-B-A. That's all for now. Have a fabulous day. Bye.